0: This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Memorial Day weekend. It's so good to be in service with all of you. My name is Chris Godfrey. I'm the executive pastor. And before we go any further... Um, I do understand that it being Memorial Day weekend, when Pastor Chris Dow asked me to speak this weekend, I said, sure, so we must be giving the congregation a Memorial Day early dismissal, right? So anyway, hopefully I can bless you with that gift. We'll just have to see where this takes us. So anyway um, but I I, I do want to say really quickly this tomorrow actually not tomorrow Tuesday will be the three-year anniversary that Titus and I both walked up the uh, long uh, sidewalk for the well it wasn't his first time but it was his first day to be an intern it was my first day to be here um, as um, on chapel. Um, Christian Chapel staff, and um, I just want to say that our family counts Christian Chapel as a blessing. We have had an amazing three years here, looking forward to many more. That started off a little bit, like I might, you know, be saying, uh, could be leaving. So looking forward to many, many more, but um, we love Christian Chapel. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Amen. I, I didn't do it for that, but that felt good. Appreciate it. Um, so we have been in a series entitled witness that has been both challenging and encouraging. It's challenging to me because, you know, just to understand and to realize that that's the purpose that I'm here for, you know, I have a lot of hobbies and things that I enjoy in life, but just to be redirected a little bit of the reason why I serve at a church and the reason why God's placed a calling on my life, the reason why we're Christians and we're called Christians is because we are witnessing about Christ. And so it's been a good redirection. It's also been encouraging. Um, I'm one of those introverts. Uh, so uh, when Pastor Chris speaks about, you know, the people who I remember back uh, when I was a teenager and we had, we took this evangelism explosion class, or I think it was called that. And so we'd go knock on people's doors. I'm telling you that just about took it out of me as a teenager. I was like, what am I doing here? But it was good for me. But to understand that there's so many creative ways that the Holy Spirit can use us to be a witness for him, no matter our personality, God has a place for us. So that's been encouraging. This week, I'm going to focus a little bit more on Jerusalem, or in our case, Tulsa. And what I mean by that is from the passage of scripture in Acts 1-8 that Pastor Chris Dow used the first week of the series. When Jesus told the disciples before he ascended, you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. So next week, our series will conclude with a focus on the uttermost parts of the world. But this week, I want to talk about how as a local body of believers Together, that we can um, have an impact on Tulsa, our local community. So, this uh, message today is entitled Witnessing Together. So I want to start off uh, this morning by talking about a little bit about the birth of the church and its witness role and how that back, way back thousands of years ago in the book of Acts and fast forward to 2022, the same, it might, it might look a little different, but the same core values are there for what Jesus has for the church to do as witnessing together. So we'll start here. Before Jesus was crucified, he was teaching his disciples in Matthew chapter 16, and he mentions the church for the first time. So I want to read Matthew chapter 16. It'll be on the screen there. Verses, uh, 15 through 18. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and mainly to Simon Peter. And so Jesus says, but what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Or who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so the complete meaning of the role of Peter in the, in, the, in the role of the beginning of the church can be debated by different theologians. But this morning I want to keep it really simple and just talk about what we do definitely know. Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples. He asked all of them the same question. They replied with some, think that you are Elijah, and others say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so Jesus looked directly at Simon Peter, and he asked the same question, but who do you say that I am? Well, Peter got the answer right. He said, you are the Messiah, the one that has come to save his people. And so Jesus then blesses Peter and calls him, and calls him Peter, which means stone, and tells him, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not be able to overcome it. So we do know that Peter had a very significant role in the beginning of the book of Acts and in the birth of the church. And as he, and we know that because he preached on the day of Pentecost, such an amazing message there as the 120 were filled for the first time with the, with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit gave him the power to be able to stand up and to preach to all of those people that day. And we like to call that day Pentecost Sunday, which, by the way, is next week. We'll be celebrating that uh, next week as a congregation together. But from the beginning, local bodies of believers began to immediately impact their communities with their witness and also by sending missionaries to places across the known world uh, to witness or to give the witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so generations later, fast forward to 2022, it still looks like that at Christian chapel. It is our God-given duty as a local body of believers to impact our community while at the same time sending and funding missionaries from our local community to places that have no gospel witness. So I want to go back to the text this morning. When I read this passage of scripture earlier this week, the word gates just came at me uh, from, from my Bible. It was like, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the gates of Hades shall not overcome the church. And so um, he, I love football. And I, and I told myself when I was uh, going to um, start studying this message, I said, okay, Chris, you can't mention football and you can't mention CrossFit. You got to stop doing that. But it is what it is. And so football gives a great illustration, in my opinion, of what I want to talk about here. So I'm going to... So here we go. So when you are on the offensive team, most usually the ball is punted or kicked off to you. And you start your drive on your side of the field. So you're on your side. Most usually, I mean, crazy things can happen in a football game. But most usually you'll start around the 20, 25-yard line somewhere around there. And so your job... As an offensive player is to offensively attack the defense and move the ball down the field to their side of the field and eventually cross the goal line. And then when you're on defense, it's the opposite. Your back is to your goal line, and your job is to keep the football from crossing that line. And so defense can score sometimes in a football game. I mean, I know when you're a fan of Oklahoma, that doesn't happen very often, but it can happen. But more often than not, the offense is the team or the part of the team that's going to score most of the points. And so the fact that Jesus said the gates of Hades will not prevail In my opinion, when I read this this, uh, week, I thought the gates of Hades are not on the offense. They're on, it's on defense. Hades is trying to protect their gates. The church should be on the offense. The church is not playing defense, trying to protect everything inside of our walls, inside of our gates. But the local church, our mandate is to be on offense, to go outside of the walls of this building and to impact Tulsa with the gospel message. I like to think of that as rescuing people behind those gates. So Christian Chapel, our role as a body of believers this morning is to be on the front lines and not in a culture war, but in a war to rescue those who have no hope and to offer them the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so I believe that God blesses Christian chapel abundantly for giving and sending missionaries to places across the world. And we're going to hear all about that next week. And they, they, they preach the gospel to the good news of Christ all over the world, but Christian chapel, we have the same mandate right here in our own city to be offensively minded and helping the hurting of our community. And so my second point talks, I want to talk a little bit about um, how we are to be, how we are to do that. And so I'm going to look in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16, I believe, or 13 through 15. So Matthew chapter 5, I'm going to read verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and to be trampled underfoot. So Jesus tells us as believers that in the local community, we are to be salt. So salt for ages has been used to preserve foods, even in ancient times. But the rabbis in Jesus' time also used salt to indicate wisdom. So so this, this really brought this out to me this week, Colossians 4, 6. When I read this, it gives it a little bit different of a meaning of what I've always thought. But it says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, or here it means seasoned with wisdom, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And so, as a local group of believers, as Christian Chapel in our community, we are to, our conversation is to be full of grace. Um, when chaos is in this world, we are not to combat it with. Um, with hate or with a bunch of arguments, but we are to combat the crises in this world full of grace, seasoned with wisdom. When Jesus tells us that we are the salt of the earth, it very much has to do with our witness and how we even conduct ourselves, how we speak, and ultimately how we witness. And so we conduct ourselves in holiness, which is total surrender to God, minding our actions both publicly and privately. We conduct ourselves wisely to be known as the local body of believers that care for our community, their needs, and their hurts. We help those who cannot help themselves. We speak in love first before judgment. We concentrate our time to tell the life-changing stories of Jesus together. But Jesus gives us a warning here. He says, if we lose our wisdom, if we lose our gentle conversation, if we lose our godly conduct, if we lose our holiness, our witness is no longer good. So our challenge this morning is to continue to pray, to strive after being the salt that God has called our local community to be. And then verses 14 through 16 of the same chapter, Matthew 5, says, you are also the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So Jesus also tells us as believers, we are the light of the world to our communities. Uh, here in this passage and two other times by Paul in the New Testament, we are called the light of the world. But through the rest of the whole of the New Testament, the title is wholly given to Jesus Himself. But I don't see that as a contradiction. To To me, I see that Jesus is the light of the world, but because he lives inside of us, he's called us to be that light as well. And so Jesus is preparing his disciples for when he is gone, and he gives us that light to shine to others. We are not to hide that light but we're to put it on a stand for all to see again pointing out that the kingdom of God is to be a witness is to be a witness and be on the offense Several times that I preach messages here at Christian Chapel, I preached and said over and over and over, our good works don't save us. And that's still true. But Christian Chapel, our good works with the right motives do witness. So I'll say that again. Our good works don't save us, but our good works do witness to those around us. So, um... I'm, I'm proud, as I said, to be a part of Christian Chapel, and I just want to give a few testimonies here of some things that have happened just this past week. Um, last Monday, I got a text from one of the neighbors in our neighborhood here at Christian Chapel, and so I want to read uh, the last part of that text. He told me, he said, having lived by the church for 21 years, I have had children grow up on the swings. And by the way this is somebody they don't go to our church but they're in our community. So let me start that over. Having lived by the church for 21 years, I've had children grow up on the swings, sledding down the hill, attending the vacation Bible school and much much more. The church is the rock that lives in this the, the church is the rock that lives in this neighborhood are built on. Christianity on display for all to experience, whether it be in our little corner of the world or the great expanses of God's world. With a humble spirit, thanks again for being a good neighbor. I don't know about you, but when I read that text, I mean, I immediately sent it to Pastor Chris and uh, maybe the rest of the staff. I don't remember, but that not, not proud, not in a wrong prideful way. I don't know if there's any uh, pride that can be good, I guess, but it made me proud of you to be a part of this community. Um, I even asked, I I texted back that neighbor and I said, Hey, thanks for those kind words. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, when we have a couple of, um, uh, drive or not driveway parking lot, um, outreaches throughout the year, I said, what, if, what is the take of the neighbors? I said, are we a little disruptive? Are we a, bit, a little bit loud or whatever? He replied, no. He said, all of us. He said, we've talked about it. We love it. Our kids get to come to it. They love that we do that here at Christian Chapel. And then last Thursday, after I'd already prepared this message, I got a thank you card from another neighbor who doesn't go to this church. Um, they sent their little boy over to the church and he gave us a thank you card. And so I'll read the last part of that. He, they said, in a world where people are at each other all the time, it is beautiful to see a church loving its community in tangible ways. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Then last week, I also received, last week was a good email week, I'm telling you. This, yeah, so it doesn't always happen this way, but I received an email from Union Public Schools Events Coordinator for Jarman and Jefferson Elementary. And so he said, thank you for all you do for Jarman Elementary. The teachers and staff are always blown away by your generosity, kindness, and love. You're one of the few churches that get it and are doing what God would have the local church do. Man, that was awesome. So I know that we can't always be people pleasers. And like I said, not every week the emails come that shining in grace and love, but, so, but there are a lot of times that we get it right. And these are testimonies to me of Christian Chapel being light, uh, salt and light. And I've heard testimonies, and there's not time to go through them all, And but you know, I've heard testimonies of what we do at RFK, CPO, Jobs for Life, Teen Challenge, our teams that are working with a couple of refugee families. You have testimonies of what the Lord has done on your job sites, your gyms, and from the grocery store. Um I thought this was amazing. A few weeks ago, we had to have some appliances worked on in the kitchen. And so uh, the man came, and he was working there. His name's JR. And he was talking to Pam, and Pam invited him to church. And lo and behold, Sunday, he was at church, and their families went through 101 just because of a simple invitation to church. And now they want to become members. Um, we've had, we have had people give their life for the first time to Jesus in our adult discipleship classes on Wednesday nights this past year. Uh, just thanking God. God, that that is a way that we can be salt and light. Uh, on, we were talking in staff meeting on Monday. You could just see all of the teachers who teach our kids on Wednesday nights. And some of those kids who come on Wednesday night don't necessarily go to our church. But you could see the love of the teachers' faces for these kids and and um, the all that they're doing for them and how much that they love them. And so all of these ministries are because the people of Christian Chapel take their role of witnessing together to heart and see the value of being salt and light in our community. And my last point is this. We have a weapon, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So during our Wednesday night Lent services this past year, we had four messages about the Holy Spirit. So if you could not attend those, or maybe even if you did, it might be really good to go back and to just get a simple reminder of the work of the Holy Ghost or the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. You can go to christianchapel.com forward slash sermons, scroll down to the Lent series, and all four of those messages, messages are there. But this morning, really simply and really quickly, I just want to reiterate how important the Holy Spirit is to our witness. So let's um, read in in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus commanded his disciples, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I love the word gift there. Now, today's Pastor Amy's birthday. Here in a couple weeks, it's my birthday. And I'm telling you, even at my age, gifts are great. I mean, I, I get happy. I love them. And the funny thing about a gift is you don't have to beg me to take it. You know, you bring me a gift I get a big smile on my face, and I receive that gift. Maybe sometimes I might take the gift. No, just kidding. But um, but it's free, and that's and I love that Jesus uses that term. This is a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that it is to give us power. Um, to be a witness. In Acts uh, 1, seven and 8, or Acts 1, eight, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So it's a gift and it gives us power to be witnesses. And so I just want to admonish you this morning to seek for the baptism of the Spirit, to be full of the Spirit. And just as I admonish us to continue to be salt and light, to continue to be filled with the Spirit. So George O. Wood, he's a former general, he was the former general superintendent of the Assemblies of God. I was reading his book this past week that he wrote, um, I believe it was called Life in the Spirit. But he said, when you come to the words filled with the Spirit in the book of Acts, you most often find it associated with crisis. More often than not, they were crises of witness. Stephen was filled with the Spirit to witness before he was stoned. Paul was filled with the spirit when the magician tried to withstand the gospel witness. And I can testify to this in my life as well. I've even noticed that when I've been living a salt and light in front of people, that a lot of times when crisis comes to their life, that is the time that, I have the, an open segue to be able to begin to minister to them after I have established that friendship with them. The Holy Spirit is there to fill me and to help me to verbally witness. And so um, our local community, Christian Chapel, needs us to be a church that is filled with the Spirit. It might not even be anything that they understand. But the Holy Spirit is that free gift that gives us the power to do what Jesus has called us to do. So this morning our worship team is gonna come back up and they're gonna lead us in worship as a response. And as they sing these songs and as you respond and you stand and you sing and you worship, I want you to think about a couple of things. And here's the two things that I would like you to respond to. Number one, I would like you to ask God this morning, God, what role is it that you want me to continue or maybe to start anew to help my local church succeed in witnessing together. J- just ask him. I believe, I believe Jesus, he, if we, when we talk to God, I believe he answers us. And I believe if you listen, he, he'll tell you. It may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but if you begin seeking him about this, every Christian, it's just not for pastors, it's not just not for teachers, it's just not for evangelists. If you are a child of God, you have a mandate to be a witness. And so just begin to ask him, God, what is it that I can do? You might be like me and uh, might be a little introverted and you might be like, God, I don't know what I can do. Um, I don't, I, I can't stand in front of people or say things or whatever. What is a creative way that I can be a witness? I believe that he will answer that request because it's his kingdom, it's what he's called us to do. The second thing when the worship team is singing, I want us to also talk to Jesus and say, Jesus, Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the spirit this morning. For some of us, it might be a refilling. I look at it in my life and I'm not the best teacher or speaker on the Holy Spirit, but I just know in my personal life, I have to continually be filled with the spirit. It's just not one time when I was first filled at nine years old. And that same experience has lasted me now to 44, several times in a week. I come to the Lord and say, Jesus, fill me with your spirit. I need to be filled to overflowing so that I can do the work that you have called me to do. If you're curious to know know more about the Holy spirit and you've not, this might be something completely new to you. Our prayer team is going to be in the prayer room. You can exit these two back doors and there's a sign there to your left. It says the prayer room is there. I have full confidence in them. that. They can pray with you and talk to you about what the filling of the Holy Spirit is. But for those of us who stay here, let's contemplate what God has for us to do at Christian Chapel, and let's celebrate a week early, Pentecost Sunday, and let's ask Jesus to fill us with his Holy Spirit to be a witness. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.